0: The ironic thing about writing this book is now that I'm actually helping people every single time that I help somebody, I feel pure and true joy unlike I've ever felt before in my life, ever. That
1: is beautiful.
0: And that is to to know that my life and all the BS I went through is what's helping other people. And I'm turning such a negative into a positive. It's so beautiful to me. It's just, yeah.
1: Hello again. It is so good to either see you if you're on YouTube or be heard and to hear from you when you write me on email. This week I have I'm going to say the name wrong without her. I might not say it. Delicia Niami and she has just written a new book, but I wanted to let you know a little bit more about her. This is one of those scary days when I actually had like five podcast interviews and my regular job. I just overscheduled quite by accident, so I decided to change clothes in the middle. So you wouldn't think I only had one outfit the whole season. <laughs> How'd that work for you? Anyway, Delizia Niami is an inspiring author whose life journey has transformed her into a symbol of resilience. From a young age, she faced trauma commencing with the kidnapping that took her to Baghdad, Iraq. That's right. She was raised by a single mother after her homecoming and her deeply vulnerable memoir, Kissing Asphalt, chronicles her triumphs and hardships. I can only imagine and I can do a little better than imagine. Although my own kids weren't kidnapped and taken to Iran or Iraq or any of the countries people associate with being traumatic when kidnapped all the time when a parent commits a crime against a child, it is so incredibly devastating and soul crushing. And the other part that I didn't realize when I was retrieving my own kidnapped children from the beautiful country of Greece was that quite frankly, I would return home from all of that trauma, a different kind of parent, needed a lot of support and help, and my kids needed so much more than I was capable of giving them on my own. So I love stories of resilience, but first we must recognize that trauma can really shape our health and our lives and our futures in ways we sometimes don't realize. So I'm looking forward to meeting with her, and let me introduce her to you with no further ado, except please share, please rate this podcast wherever you're listening and join my email list at lameredith.com and find out what else is new. Thanks ever for being here. Delisha, Niami, thank you so much for being on Persistence You today. I gave you the briefest of introductions, but we share some traumatic details in common. So it's great to meet you. (laughs) Great to
0: meet you as well. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: It is definitely my pleasure. Can you explain, you know, you wrote this fabulous book and I gave the title of it. Can you remind us of the title again?
0: Sure, it's called Kissing Asphalt. Wonderful.
1: But what is the story behind the story? What was it? When did you know that you needed to write the book about your childhood kidnapping?
0: So that's a very interesting question. Um and let me just preface it by there's only one chapter in the book about my kidnapping. The rest, of the, cha- the rest of the book is after we get back from the kidnapping and the traumas that I continue to endure in my life. But um, it was about when I was I, I had been told several times uh, since I was about 20 from various psychics that I should write a book about my life and that it would be turned into a movie. And I never felt ready to do that. Not once did I ever feel ready until I read a book by Bessel van der Kolk called The Body Keeps the Score. And I had so many aha moments. This book is about how the body stores trauma and how it comes out in your body in various ways. And me personally, I ended up with Crohn's disease for a very long time. So I think that is how my trauma got stored in my body and came out. So when I read this book, I had a lot of aha moments, including the fact that I had had PTSD for 44 years and I had no clue. Every time somebody asked me, Oh, you were kidnapped and taken to Baghdad. That must've been so traumatic. And my, my response was always like, I was four. I don't know. Like I really yeah. don't remember. And It wasn't until I read that book and I I literally it was probably about a block from my house at the time. And I had to pull over and just sit there and just I I was in shock. I'm like, wow. And the other thing, um, the book made me realize I had some other things that were caused by my trauma. But then I went and I did a workshop at his through his through Bessel. And it was really amazing. And it really Kind of was a huge shift in me and my body and everything, and I felt at that moment before that point I wasn't ready because I felt like I didn't have a message to share with mm-hmm. the world. I wasn't that happy. I was kind of just going through life, faking it till I made it, you know, mm-hmm. and i I didn't feel happy inside. I didn't truly feel like I had well I had a story, but i I would tell people, yeah, sure, I have a story, but where does it end?' <laughs> like, and I'm not gonna have a depressing right. ending for my story, you know, right. so i um <clears throat> so i I was motivated by this workshop, and finally, I started to feel. Joy and realize I had so much in my life that I had already created for myself. I owned a beautiful house, you know. I had I have beautiful animals, I have beautiful friends that are my family that have taken the place of my blood relatives that have done more for me than than my blood relatives ever have. And so, like, I I created this beautiful life for myself. And I began to realize and see the light and and then I thought, wow, that's my message. Like I have had so much to deal with and I need to share the fact that I made it through. And not only the fact that I made it through, but that I'm happy and that I'm thriving and that I'm a good person and that I care about the world, you know? And so I thought that is a great, great message. So that is... um I don't know if I can say this because it's PG on your show, but you know that's why I re- I, I named the series resilient AF because that <laughs> that's what I am. And one of my my family friends, my sister from another Mister, she said that's what you should name the book, and I decided, you know what, that's what I'm going to name the entire series.
1: Uh-huh. So- I love it. Okay, so your <laughs> book is the first in an entire series.
0: Yeah, so my this kissing asphalt is the first and it okay. takes you since it's a memoir it's a slice of life and I really couldn't fit everything that happened to me into sure. one I learned that when I started taking classes about writing about memoirs about this and that um, and it's been a it's been 4 years in the process so I started back in November of 2019 um, and it just got released on Friday, the 15th. So it's very exciting. But um... that's
1: so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. The and 15th so the second... of September, 2023. If people are it. listening years in the future, they'll no. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank yes. you. I don't
0: think about those things. Yes. Um, yeah. So the second book is actually in the hands of the developmental editor already. It's called Not My Circus. The first one takes you from the time I was four when I was kidnapped and taken to Baghdad until I was 17 when I had, I was assaulted. And the second book takes you from the aftermath of the assault through 30. When I have another giant trauma in my life, I'm not going to give it away, but, um, and then the third book is called the queen of silver linings. And the third book is still has a little bit of trauma peppered in there. Um, and big things happen, especially in 2020, but, um, The ultimate and end is through the work that I do, through plant medicine, through breath work, through child healing, through therapy, through a lot of books that I've read in my life. People used to come and laugh at my um, bookshelf because all I had was self-help books. But I mean, it's made me into the, the person that I am today. And I often wonder with all the trauma I had, had I not been so interested in, why and my brain and how it works and all of that, you know, um, where would I be? I think I'd be in a very different place. So it really does take work to if you've had the trauma to get to the point point where I am, but it's so worth it's so worth every step, every step, no matter how hard it is. And let me tell you, with breath work and things like that, whoo, I relived some memories I did not want to relive, but it gave me answers that I didn't even know I needed. Oh, that's
1: beautiful. That's beautiful. I feel like through my current work and work I've done for decades, I'll I'll run into people who will say, I try never to to think about that stuff. Someone told me a couple of weeks ago, I just try to suppress it. We just try to suppress it. And I'm like, oh, that does not work well at all. not for any length of time. That all comes back on you like a boomerang. And when you least expect it, so it really does take, that effort that you put in to leaning back in to the pain, it hurts worse before it gets better. That's and, for sure. But the good news is it's not going to come at you and surprise you later. It's not that we ever get fully over stuff as much as you've incorporated it into your life and tamed it and named it and all of that. So that's really exciting that you've chosen to pursue every kind of healing possible. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: And probably part of that is that my body cannot, it doesn't digest medicine well, because mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of the Crohn's disease or what, it either makes me really sick or doesn't work at all. So it's been really a challenge and I've had to look outside of the little box that we have here in America for our medical you know, and I think I right. found some really amazing things that are available and out there to us and some that work for me and some that don't. But, you know, I try I try, and I try and I've done some really heavy plant medicines. And, you know, I've had a, the guy who gave me the plant medicine has been telling me for years, I want you to come down to peru with me so that we can you know do more work and it's ayahuasca and ayahuasca scares me that's one thing i'm like no <laughs> so, so yeah i mean i think if your body says no 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 like you really have to listen to that too as right. well you know and you have right. to be very careful who you do these things with because you 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 have to be so careful it's not even like yeah it's really, really serious, you know? But I mean, if you do find the right people and the right resources and you have that, like it can be amazing the breakthroughs that you have. I mean, when I was in breath work, just to give you an example, I actually, when I was, after my aha realization, I went and did my breath work when I was about 48, right around that same time I went to Sedona and, um, and I saw my little girl, back in the house and it was so real that I could actually like smell the smells of the food and feel the walls and and it was very powerful because I I I could see how sad she was and I could see that she stored all of the shame and all the guilt and everything in like the solar plexus area and she was so angry about it. And I said, how are we gonna like let that go? Because I know that's I have Crohn's so that's where it comes Mm -hmm. out, you know? And um And I grabbed her by the hand and we walked away and I said, what do you want to do? And like, we both struck a match and watched the house burn down. It's like, and it was like really, and then just walked through. And then I saw myself walking through hand in hand, the airport with my brother. And it was like, it was really amazing. And it's amazing that breath, your own breath can get you to these crazy places in your mind Mm -hmm. that your memories just, are they're all there just a matter of finding
1: them, you know? Right. And how about writing Were there surprises as you were writing the book?
0: Oh boy. You? Yeah. So, uh, there is a chapter in the book called trustworthy monster number one, and it's about my molester and, uh, the son of my molester and I are still very good friends. Um, he's like a brother to me and, <clears throat> He reminded me of certain things that happened that I didn't remember. And I was like, all of a sudden, as soon as he would say things, these flashes would come coming back in my mind. And I at one point, you know, because I, I used him to help to read the book because he's known me my whole life almost since I was seven. And and I and I said, you know, you have to stop. <laughs> I can't um You have to stop telling me things that you remember because there's a reason why my brain is not remembering those things, you know, because I think ultimately I have enough. And, and it's, it's kind of like, I've tried, um, EMDR before bad for me because it brings back a lot of new flashes of memories that my mind has intentionally tried to, And I think people are going to read my book and be like, and I've already gotten reviews back that were editorial reviews from the San Francisco book review that said something like, like, I was sick to my stomach, hearing how much abuse she had to go through, and I can't even imagine. And like, for me, it's really interesting. I've had these aha moments that my distributor told me. You know, we have to figure out how to get the the word abuse into the tagline. And I'm thinking why I wasn't abused even after I wrote the book, even after I read it, even after all of that. And then I finally like, I guess I was abused, you know, but it's kind of like that thing where you don't know what you don't know when you're little, you know, so (laughs) I, I didn't really know that I was abused. That was just my life, you know? So people don't, people aren't going to believe it, but there are, there are other things that I have back there that I did not write about that are far worse than what is in the book. So,
1: and someday the very treatment that didn't work for you then might be the thing that helps you later. And that's the important thing to know about recovery and, and healing and wellness is frankly, there are different things that work for different people. And then sometimes the very thing that didn't work before might be just the ticket later on down the line. Completely, and uh, so I'm really glad you. Exactly, exactly, and and don't give up on oneself just because something doesn't work. Never give up on on the future you. And I'm glad you did not give up on the future you. So, what would you think has been like the best part of writing your story?
0: Oh wow! So the best part has been my entire life. I felt silenced. I felt less than. I felt like my opinion doesn't matter. I felt like my words don't matter. And now the reason I added a trigger warning to the book was because my PR person, the one who contacted you, actually um, got triggered. And I, at first I was very hurt by that. And my whole goal with this book is to help people. Right. right. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I didn't want to hurt right. you.
1: And right, she, right, came, right.
0: she came back with like, no, you don't understand. Like I was rooting so hard for your little girl that I realized that my little girl needed help and that right. I had been shunning her for too long. And I was just like, I, I, I Every time I just start, I'm not a crier, but every single time that happens or something like that happens, like she she said, I was an inspiration. She said, like all this stuff, like nobody's ever told me this stuff before, and I, and honestly, like the ironic thing about writing this book is now that I'm actually helping people. Every single time that I help somebody, I feel pure and true joy, unlike I've ever felt before in my life
1: ever that is beautiful and that is to
0: to know that my life and all the bs i went through is what's helping other people and i'm turning such a negative into a positive it's so beautiful to me it's just
1: yeah that's wonderful that's fantastic and that's the real payoff in writing is you know it may not pay all of your bills in the future But, (laughs) or maybe your light bill, but it does change lives and it can change the world that you live in. It's your, your way of changing your world and making meaning out of something that you wouldn't hope, wouldn't wish on anyone. So that is really, really beautiful. I'm so glad. So right now your second book is with the developmental editor. Does that mean you start your third one? Are you just focusing on this one right now? I've already started my
0: third one. So, um, there's a woman, her name's, um, well, I won't use names, but, uh, she runs, she runs a hybrid publishing company and she's been super helpful
1: Oh, for I me.
0: love it. Um, like this. And that's fine process. if you use
1: names as long as it's not in a negative way. When I oh, no, 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 don't no. Use names, I know. Okay, like, so Brooke, Brooke yeah. Warner at oh, okay.
0: She she's amazing. And she also runs the um please do say that. Okay, she <laughs> also runs, she helps run the national organization for memoir, some some
1: sort right. Of. And I love them. National Association of Memoir Writers. Thank, Thank you. you. There's so, so many different so...
0: ones, right? Her and right. Linda Joy Myers, they run that I together. Love it. And Love I've been doing them. classes with them for almost four years now. They've taught me so much about the craft, the art, yes. how to write, how not, because I'm not a big reader. And so that I knew was like a big requirement for, I've read self-help right. books, but I, I've read biographies, but I'm not like a huge. And so I was a little worried about my writing style. It's very different, honestly, but they really helped encourage me and push me. And, and so I started another class with them that Brooke Good. started that is okay. a, an accountability writers class. So we just write for two hours each time. And I started my third book. So yeah, Maybe I'm hoping by beautiful. February, that'll be ready.
1: I love for people to know about what resources there are. When you and I spoke ever so briefly before, what I meant is if like, when you're writing a book, that's a memoir, Let's say you wrote something kind of controversial, and it was, let's say, about a judge or a brother of yours or a former partner. If normally when you write memoir, you change their names, and that's what I meant for the podcast. Was like, let's not use it. Gosh, I didn't okay. mean to use, pod.
0: <laughs> yeah, anybody I who I use their real names, I have release forms, and the yeah, others I change awesome. them. <laughs>
1: No, that's excellent. I love National Association of Memoir Writers. they're awesome. I refer people to them all the time. And I love those classes that Brooke Warner and Linda Joy Meyer teach on memoir writing and have taken some myself. Love them. I highly recommend for people who are thinking about writing their own story. These are always my go-to referrals because Linda Joy is a very therapeutic, very soft and gentle personality is a therapist, helps people who are writing about traumatic uh, events. Brooke is a great book coach, but also a brilliant in publishing, you know, has all the publishing knowledge. And those two combinations kind of give you the whole package. So I think that's excellent.
0: It's a funny story how I met Brooke too, is um, uh, my boss who is, is kind of ADD. I read her a chapter way back when, when we were at CES in Vegas and she was riveted, like, I thought, wow, OK, like if I could get somebody without an attention span to be focused, and not only that, she was like, I want to send you to the Writers' Conference in San Francisco. So that's... I'm like, OK. So I worked for printers. So I'm like, OK. And so I go to the Writers' Conference and I, I sign up for this memoir thing because I know that's what I'm going to write. And Brooke's teaching the, the thing. But I have no idea who she is. I don't, I've don't. i never followed in this circle before. So I go and randomly, I'm in sales, right? So I'm like, do you mind reading my stuff? And she was like, sure, no problem. And so at the break, I'm telling people, yeah, Brooke Warner is reading my stuff. And their mouth's like, huh? You got Brooke <laughs> to read your stuff? And I'm like thinking, who is she? You know, like I have no right. idea. <laughs> but like the feedback she gave me was super encouraging and just like, oh, I love that. After seeing who she was and then the feedback, it really like made me, it charged me up again to just keep going, you know?
1: Yep. And your story makes a difference. Your story makes a difference. That is so great. Well, that's wonderful. I think for anyone who's thinking about writing their story, getting involved with a class, getting involved with a group like this, going to a writer's conference way before your first draft is done, that's all helpful because you start learning the shape of a story, how to take feedback without throwing yourself into a river. Um, You know, all of that's really important, helps toughen you up and helps you refine your work so that it really does benefit other people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, And it gives you connections that you may never know that you need. I mean, I started with a hybrid publisher. I was really disappointed with them. I ended up flipping last minute. And one of the women that I met at the writer's conference from bubble who owns Bublish, which is a a independent distribution company. She was on it and like helped me not only get it done, but release it two months early. Excellent. And which hybrid company did you
1: use? Uh, That no names. Oh, really? Okay won't say it then won't say it and for people who don't understand publishing because a lot of the listeners don't write but there's you know certainly traditional publishing which people get usually paid a tiny anymore advance and then they make royalties if they earn the advance you know if their book sells well enough and that's hard these days and then people who publish reg- uh, that book themselves which I just did my own book last month published myself thank you. But it was really hard. So it gave me a new appreciation for all the work that my previous publisher did. And then there's hybrid, which means it's a combination. It's a partner publishing, you know, publishing, and you upfront some money as the author to offset the costs of the paper for your manuscript and the editing and the cover, and they throw in money. And so then you make, in theory, more money because you've upfronted more money. And You know, I would say in theory, but uh, those are different. That's what we're talking about when we talk about hybrid publishing. Good for you for starting a book and finishing it and making those beautiful connections. And I look forward, Delisha, to seeing what you do next. Where can people learn more about you and your book series?
0: So I have a website called it's www.kissingasphalt.com. K-I-S-S-I-N-G-A-S-P-H-A-L-T dot com. Okay. And um, yeah, you can also find my book on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on Kobo. On all oh, and also Good. right now, if you're a Kindle reader, um, and if you subscribe, it's free, or it's on Kindle for 99 cents right now through November 1st. I have it up for 99 cents.
1: Smart. Very smart. I think that's sounds... trying to get it
0: out there. I want people Then to... nobody knows who I am. So, right. That's
1: okay. That's okay. Because that's how you get started. And it sounds like you're just doing a great job. I've been Thank you. so glad to have you here. And I look forward to seeing you again in the future with your next book. If you'll come that would back. Be
0: amazing. That would be amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: This was fun. Okay. That was so much fun. Delisha and I had a wonderful conversation after we parted about publishing and the things that might go wrong at the last minute, right before a person publishes a book. So I am so proud of her work. And frankly, I just feel like it's one of those stressful life events that some of us take on. And then we think, just as we're about to hit publish, like, why did I do this? Why did I put myself through so much of this work? It's worth it. It is totally worth it. I'm excited to see her book and see how the world receives it, but it is just one of those universally stressful events. If you know an author that you are interested in their work, one of the nicest ways you can support them, like someone like Delisha, is to ask them, if you're in a book group, ask them to be a guest book group uh, subject. I've was so excited. I mentioned recently that I got to go to a book group here in Chattanooga. My dear patron, Carol Waltz, invited me, but it's such a delight to have to host an author. The author is going to be forever in your debt and thrilled and feel very honored that you spent the time to host them. And uh, there are so many different book groups that I am grateful for. Delisha lives in California. We were just talking about Recycle Bookstore and those awesome people there. Uh, Lloyd Russell and the big book group at Recycle Bookstore who hosted me in Santa... Where is Recycle Bookstore? It's not in Santa Clara. Somewhere close to Santa Clara. Now I cannot remember it for the life of me. It is in San Jose, California. That's where I got to go. Loved being a, a book group member. So that's just one of the ways that you can support an author. And it's such a meaningful way. Thanks. Have a wonderful week. And I will see you next week. You have more than at this point, 140 episodes on your backlist. Do enjoy. And I will see you next time. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review, and if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe, and I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnooga Network.